Oh, baby. NFL football is back. We break down our start sit selections and our favorite sleepers for week one of the season this afternoon on the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the bunch, check his stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the chest, sweet sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like they see every play. So I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do. I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line for you with they Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is Feel Good Friday, September 8th, 2023, and all is finally right in the world. There is certainly a buzz in the air because we have massive slates of football coming our way all weekend long and the detroit lions baby they are one and oh heading into this feel good friday i am seth wilcock and i am joined by my co-host a man who runs a charity league that raises thousands and thousands of dollars a man who has a much bigger brain than my own eric romoff eric how are you doing on this first weekend that i consider the fall season and I wish it was the fall season. I will count it as the fall season because we have NFL football, a full slate of it coming up in about 48 hours, a little less. We got a little teaser, a little taste last night with the opening game between the Chiefs and the Lions. And vibes are high, right? We're skating into the weekend. Can't believe it's finally here, but I can't wait for it to, to actually kick off for the full slate. 100% as well. I greatly enjoyed last night's kickoff. We'll chat all about that tonight. It is a massive day on the program. These Friday shows, we're bringing them back once again to help the IBT family, let them know what they need to be knowing for week one. At 2.15 Eastern time on the East Coast here, we're going to be joined by Mike Stoyanov, the great actor from the, the former sitcom Blossom. He's going to be joining us for some start sits. And we'll be taking your guys' questions live throughout the show. So if you have anything for us, we'll get to those at 2.15 with Mike. And then at 2.4 we're going to be joined by Will Ty of Better Fantasy. Will is a great supporter of us at IBT. I love what he's doing over there at the Better uh, team as well. So uh, shout out to Will. Also shout out to the IBT family, the ones rocking and rolling with us on the Reggie here all throughout the year. The growth has been tremendous since last time at this year. Uh, so we greatly appreciate everyone riding with us. Easiest way to support us. Hit that subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up if you enjoy this type of content. And just have a good time here, guys. Uh, let's go ahead, Eric, though. Let, let's kick it off with some front and center and look back at what was a surprising upset on the week one Thursday night slate of the season. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. I'm not your Come to the just place. try to 
come and give me another first night is young At least I so thought It's just in breaking news Front and center and it was a classic football game, I felt like, on Thursday night here, Eric. If you like betting unders, well, you probably won because the under hit. No Travis Kelsey in this one. Also, no Chris Jones, who was in attendance in a suite. Uh, a little bit of a weird situation going, going on there. But Motor City, Dan Campbell, MCDC. He gets ballsy right off the rip here, Eric. Fake punt inside his own 20. Goes for it to seal the game at the end. Before we get into the fantasy implications, what did you think of the performance the Lions put on and ultimately how the Chiefs kind of shot themselves in the foot throughout this game? Yeah, I mean, on the on the whole, on the macro level, this is the shining example of what the early part of the NFL season will look like as yes. fewer and fewer teams participate in preseason games or at least play meaningful snaps in preseason games right um you know the the lions felt like the more they put together the more complete game they you know they minimize the mistakes but all around kind of a sloppy game on both sides i think we'll see more of that here in week one i think unders are probably the sharp bet when it comes to most of the games on this week one slate but all told like the the, the hammer was dropped right like Dan Campbell came out and went for it on fourth down. I think they were at like their 17 or 18 yard line. Like they were deep in their own territory. And he made a statement. He's like, we are here to win. We are going to be aggressive. We are not last year's lions that, you know, might get hot and make, yeah. their, make our way into the playoffs. We are here to make a statement and to, and to put teams on notice. So, I mean, fantastic win for the lions overall, obviously the chiefs weren't at full strength, but I, I think we'll see them kind of right the ship. If if I I've got a hunch, right? I think Kansas City's gonna be fine when it's all said and done. I think the bottom line here is for fantasy managers, for sports bettors, don't panic quite yet. This was a weird game. Uh, a lot of weird things happened in it. We, we had two of the best players on Kansas City not even in this game. So just something to keep in mind there. Uh, we, we got a question from our guy, DJ Duvernay. Uh, he's saying, what's up, guys? New here. Just subscribe to the channel and like the vid. You guys taking questions? Absolutely, man. Drop those questions in the chat. And at 2.15, just near around the corner, we will get to those. Um, Eric, a little bit more on this Thursday night slate, though. There weren't a ton of fantasy winners, I felt like, uh, especially not on the Chiefs side. But you can, like, shout out Amon Ross St. Brown. He is who we thought he was, had a really good game. And Josh Reynolds, man, he is someone that kind of, I had these feelings, man. I had these feelings that someone was going to have to step up for Detroit. We don't have James Williams until week seven, at least. Sam Laporte, a great outing for him, five receptions in his NFL debut from the tight end position. But Josh Reynolds stood out to me on offense. Are there any other winners? And what did you think of, of Reynolds and uh, Sam Laporta in their debuts? In terms of Laporta, in terms of Josh Reynolds, I mean, fantastic outings to open the season on, on both regards, right? You know, with, with Laporta, I'm generally in the camp of trying to tamp down expectations for rookie tight ends. Yes, you have been all you've been that little birdie in my ear all, all off yeah. season. So I mean look 39 yards isn't gonna you know knock anyone's socks off, but five for 39 is perfectly fine from from a tight end that you didn't draft in the in the top five, right? So definitely played above expectations. And you know Reynolds it kind of quietly was you know among the team leaders last season in end zone targets. You saw heavy red zone usage again last night ran 28 routes overall. I mean, I think he's the de facto two as, you know, we wait for Jamison Williams to return, potentially even after he returns, you know, depending on his conditioning and 
how quickly they ramp him up into the offense itself. So, you know, I, I think Reynolds is going to be kind of on the fringe of fantasy viability for the majority of the season, at least the early part. Yeah, I'm interested. He was someone I was looking at waivers in some of our deeper leagues. We have a 16-team guillotine league that we do at the office here at IBT, and that was where I I, I just needed wide receivers. So I was looking their way 100%. Um, Dave Montgomery, I think he's another guy who he Mm -hmm. is who he thought he was. He's not the most explosive, the, the most flashiest running back in the NFL but he got the call. They leaned on the veteran when they need to close out that game. And uh, it was a good showing for David Montgomery. Any thoughts on him or any other winners you have from Thursday night, Eric? Yeah. I mean, he, he very much so lived up to the expectation that I had for him, right? Um, Detroit kind of gave us the blueprint for how they like to use their running backs last year. And they pretty clearly had an archetype relative to who fit in where in this year's backfield. So Montgomery sees, you know, the lion's share of the opportunity, you know, doesn't doesn't go crazy with it. I think he averaged like three and a half, three point yeah. six yards per. That's per a carry. very David Montgomery stat line right, right there. He, he did the needful, and if he's if he's going to continue to see this volume, I mean, he's going to continue to be pretty firmly in that RB two territory. It's it's funny the the first time that the Lions got down into the red zone, eventually what became the touchdown pass to Amon Ross St. Brown, David Montgomery was knifing up this Kansas City front, and then his shoe slipped off. That's what brought Jameer Gibbs into the game on that play where yes. he kind of duped himself out of a walk-in touchdown. So, I mean, if if that shoe stays on, I, I think we see Montgomery just completely have a stranglehold on the red zone work last night. If Gibbs doesn't, you know, hit the proverbial banana peel, I think he skates in for a touchdown. We all feel very differently about him heading into this weekend and the in the upcoming weeks. Yeah, I'm not panicking if I have Jameer Gibbs. Uh, I think our guy Akash put out a tweet of some really significant running backs who in week one of their rookie season generally don't get a lot of touches. Even Brees Hall, I think he had six carries last year in, in week one. This was a game they needed. This was a game they had to lean on the veteran David Montgomery. So, I mean, dude, Jameer Gibbs, he he was faster than I expected in the NFL. You know, every time we're watching tape on college players, we're maybe, I mean, obviously Alabama, we're watching some highly competitive players there, but you're not always watching the, the best players who are always going to translate to the NFL and on the defensive side. And man, Gibbs blew me away with his speed, man. That that one run where, where he did about two spin moves, bounced off two different people. It was mm-hmm. glorious. So no hit, hitting the panic button there for me. Um, before we, we quickly just touch on some losers, uh, we, we got some action in the chat today. We got Paul saying, how about them Lions? What's up, Paul? Oh, Absolutely, man. I, I think... He, he might be a Detroit fan. He's saying happy victory Friday. So, dude, if you're a Lions fan, have a fucking day, Paul. I hope you're not even at work today, my man. We got Albert saying good Albert. afternoon, IBT. We got our other co-host in the chat, Scott Rainier, saying happy Friday, Ooh. gents. Happy Friday to you, Scott. Thanks for tuning in, man. Uh, and then DJ saying uh, Gibbs looks fantastic. The break tackling is impressive. I might try and buy low. Yeah, I think if someone in your league is trying to sell Jameer Gibbs, if there are any panicked owners who maybe didn't watch and are just looking at the stat line, absolutely try buying low. Um, Eric, losers, I just want to touch on them. Kadarius, Tony, Sky Moore, I think these are the really only true losers for me here. Um, Tony, man, you can't talk that much shit on the internet and have that type of performance. I'm sorry. This was a guy I I think about a month or two ago on one of our shows I, I said was one of my faves of the year. Thought he was a massive bust. Showed it on the field. Uh, ended up losing them that game, in my opinion. The the tip ball for the pick six, and then also the drop in a crucial situation. How do you feel about him and Sky Moore, who Moore couldn't seem to put together either? 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's hard to it's hard to not look back at what was a one point game and point out the unnecessary turnover that 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 gave the other team seven points, right? Like so, you know, clearly, he, yeah, yeah, clearly he he had he had a large role to play in that turnover and the ensuing points. Obviously, he had that terrible drop, but all told, like for how how much of a mess this offense was, I don't know if I would necessarily call either of these guys losers i was also out on Kadarius tony so i don't feel the sting of yeah. what you know could have been a big game and you know ultimately missing out but if if you think about it Kadarius tony had five targets and he only ran 10 routes so if yeah. his usage if his usage remains even comparable to that and they they ramp up his time on the field there's some potential there and same thing with with sky Moore, right like obviously his his productivity outright was not what you're looking for he had three targets he didn't catch any of them he had a had a rush for four yards but he was second amongst wide receivers on this team with 23 route routes run i think that's going to be kind of the trend here right like we're going to see travis kelsey obviously noah gray did his best impression 34 routes run he led the team last night mvs and Moore are clearly going to be the two leading receivers in terms of number of routes run they were last night 28 and 33 respectively and then there's just going to be this this mishmash of random guys yeah james watson tony rice ross right like that are all gonna you know chip and chip and dip here and there throughout the season right so for me i i think it was good to see that moore's role is about where i, ex- I expected it to be at least in terms of my preseason projection i think better days are ahead for him obviously everyone's dunking on tony that's what you get for being so loud on social media <laughs> but five targets on 10 routes run like that's not nothing, right? Like that is definitely something to watch to see how his target rate continues as we get deeper into the season. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it will get easier for both those wide receivers and the whole Chiefs sure. offense once we get Travis Kelsey back it was on mess the field. Last night. Yeah. So congrats to all those Lions fans, all those who uh, went with the money line on the Lions as well. Congrats. And uh, let's do a little start sits. Let's answer your guys' questions here in our next segment, matchup management. All right, matchup management. And guys, I would like to welcome to the show a fucking weapon on the screen. A man who carried the 90 sitcom Blossom has also appeared in the likes of Beverly Hills 90210, The Dark Knight, <laughs> Prison Break. He's a man from Chicago. Billions. Billions. <laughs> that, there you go as well. And <laughs> You're from Chicago, Mike, but you're probably jetting around somewhere between L.A. and New York. Where are you right now? How are you feeling on the first Friday of the season? I'm in my private jet where I have a Mondrian, of course, hanging in the background. No, I'm just chilling in New York, me and my girl. And, uh, yeah, I'm here for a little bit. I'm happy to be on the show. I love the last segment you guys did. I had a million thoughts, and you guys echoed a lot of sentiments. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited, man. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. How, what were your takeaways from the game? Anything that we missed? Anything that, that you were thinking no, of while I think, watching that? I think you guys hit it on the head. I think some of the thoughts I had were uh, Gibbs, I totally agree, electric, like so fast in comparison to the other 21 guys. He's like, what's going on? But Montgomery, he didn't give anyone any reason to not continue to give him the ball 10, 12, 15 times a game. Like, you kind of want to see as a fantasy guy, like, someone 
you know, someone pull a Kadarius Tony where it's like, oh, that guy's going to yeah. be in the doghouse a while. The other guy is going to get some uh, some looks now. So, I mean, I just think that there's no reason they're not going to committee that thing for the next month at least, you know. So, uh, I think uh, both of them are holds. Obviously, in Dynasty, Gibbs is uh, an absolute gem. Um, I have Laporta. And I started him in the in the in the Scott Fish Bowl. So just to touch on that, okay, real fast. Like you said, five catches, two first downs. That's fourteen points, like right Ooh. out of the gate. You add thirty nine yards. He was a seventeen and a half. I think in Scott Fish, the only person who had more points with him was was Amon Ra. I think of the the players, the non QBs. Yeah. So uh, Montgomery was probably close, but I think like it's just it, it just. I'm glad I drafted Laporta. I'm glad I drafted three startable tight ends yes. in the SFB. And I hope that this is a harbinger in that in that tournament of things to come where it's like tight ends, man. Like an average night is really good flex night, like in that league. So I'm excited going forward. And we have three of the top six tight ends right now injured we don't know if they're if george yeah. kittle or mark andrews are going to suit up this weekend so a lot of question marks in that realm it's nice to have a guy like sam laporta in that back pocket mike what do you say should we jump into some listener questions here let's do it man i'm ready all right first one here from mo diesel start one half ppr juju jalen warren devin achene uh or you can flex andrews and start a waiver wire tight end greg dulcich ferguson Eric, is there somewhere you lean here right away? Because this is kind of this is a pretty gross, gross selection of players, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a it's kind of a tough choice on on the whole. But for for me, there's one player that's kind of bubbling below the surface among this list, and that's Devon Achain. You know, this is a player Ooh. that is absolutely electric in terms of his speed, his athleticism, and he went to a situation where, granted, he was going to be third man in the rotation. But behind two often injured running backs, as we see, as evidenced by Jeff Wilson already being on IR. So I expect that this is going to be a high shooting, high scoring game and that we are going to see plenty of both a chain and Raheem Mostert in what I look at as a, a plus running matchup. So he's not going to he's not going to outrank someone like Juju. He's just ahead of, of Jalen Warren. But in, in terms of the specific matchup and the upside that he carries, I'm, I'm going to roll the dice and go with a chain here. Mike, how, how do you feel about starting a rookie week one, running back, a guy maybe not 100% healthy, but as Eric alluded to, this is a dog shit defensive line for the Chargers. They <laughs> cannot stop the run at all. The exact same way. If you're not going to do, it's kind of an interesting twist to flex Andrews and start Dulcich. I don't mind that. That would probably be runner up. But I mm -hmm. think a change the way to go here. Uh, you know, again, like you said, Wilson's out. So it's him and Mostert basically. That is a high-scoring team and a very potent offense. Uh, he is super fast and super talented, so he's worth a look. I would add that, like, Jalen Warren, keep an eye out. Like, two or three weeks from now, you might be saying, like, this is a no-brainer. Jalen Warren's a guy. Uh, but I, I agree. I, I would go with a Shane here. Okay. I think the safest one is Juju, but I think I think where your guys' head is and looking for the upside in Achene could be very, very uh, attractive as well. So uh, we'll leave that one there. We, we got DJ saying, welcome. I'm new here. You guys all seem hey, great and have in. awesome energy. He's also from Chicago. They're from you, Mike. So let's see if uh, we can help DJ out here with the question. Uh, he, he's flexing one full PPR, Hopkins, Hollywood, Herbert, Mostert. Uh, he's leaning Mostert or Nuke. 
Herbert scares him because of Roshan and Foreman. Hollywood, the QB situation isn't there, uh, isn't great there in Arizona. Mike, is there one that's speaking to you here? Uh, definitely a, a lot of good options. There's two. I would debate between Hopkins and Herbert, actually. With Foreman being a little iffy, I still think, like in regard to, like, is he 100%? Um, I think that Herbert is a good call there. What tips at Hopkins' direction to me is the full point PPR. Like, this is his first game. He's a guy who it's like everyone, like, they can't wait to to have the funeral for the guy. And then he has 12 catches for 140 yards and a touchdown. So it, that may happen this week. Uh, and that uh, for that reason alone, that that's a possible outcome. Uh, I would go Hopkins, but Herbert's right there as a guy I'd be also thinking about. Eric, you've been hot on Raheem Mostert for what feels like a year or two now. You like a, a chain A in this one with uh, against the Los Angeles Chargers. How do you feel about this? Mike's liking Hopkins here, and I, I think it's so hard to sit DeAndre Hopkins, especially where you drafted him fifth, sixth round. But if not now, win for Raheem Mostert. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm right here with with Mike. I think I think Hopkins is is the the clear choice, right? He's he's definitely got the cleanest projection. He's he's easily the highest ranked of the lot. Um, you know, all tolds, we're probably going to see another pretty low passing volume offense for the Tennessee Titans in week one throughout the year, right? So his upside is relatively limited. But, you know, if, if you're looking for the median outcome, it's, it's definitely Hopkins. Much like I was stumping for uh, for A-Chain a moment ago, all the same points and arguments apply for Mostert. So he would be my my second choice. And I, I, I do like the Herbert call, right? I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see a very... David Montgomery-esque type of performance out of Herbert yeah. where he gets close to two-thirds of the work, kind of plopped his way along, maybe, you know, catches a few balls, might break one. But, you know, ultimately, it, DeAndre Hopkins was a piece that they went out and acquired. He clearly becomes the focal point of this passing offense. Even if they don't pass a lot, he is going to see the lion's share of that workload, and that's just too good to pass up in week one. All right. Mo Diesel, Dak or Russell Wilson? All right, I'm I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the reins on this one. There's some like low key hype going around for Russell Wilson, boys, and I just want to put my fucking foot on it right now. Like, we gotta stop. We gotta stop thinking that I like Sean Payton. He's a great coach, but we gotta stop thinking these coaches are just gonna wave magic wands and fix everything going on there in Denver. He doesn't have Jerry Judy. Cortland Sutton has scored four touchdowns since 2019. Like this, this isn't a great number one wide receiver anymore. They have a rookie starting opposite of him, Marvin Mims, who was electric at Oklahoma, but we have some question marks there. And I, I don't know if I really trust Greg Dulcich as much as the consensus. So I, I think there's a lot of question marks here. Russell Wilson scares me to death. He is my, 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 my sit of the week. And I know everyone likes to pick on the Las Vegas Raiders, but, but they have some guys in that secondary. Mike, how do you feel about it? Uh, this one's clearly screaming Dak to me. Uh, I agree. Uh, I think despite the fact that Russ did seem to get it towards the end of the year last year, and he started playing a lot better and people sort of projected for this year, with that in mind, that he's got to be better, and he, he hopefully he will be. With Judy gone, and also it's just Dak is just he's a superior choice right now. Like how can you not? Like he's got the weapons, he's got the team, he's got he's got everything in his his favor this week, and I would start Prescott without hesitation. Okay, Eric, are you any different than Mike and I here? No, we can we can sweep it. It is uh, it is it is clearly Dak in this situation. I I'll push back against you a little bit because I think that there is cause for 
optimism with regard to Russell Wilson. You know, that that has to be stated that it is it is relative to what we saw from him last year, right? So I do think we see an improved performance on the season as a whole. But, you know, that, that doesn't mean that that pushes Russell Wilson into this back-end QB1 territory, right? Maybe he can build some things. You know, I'm, I'm not entirely sure over the, you know, over the course of the season how much we see Peyton, you know, kind of lean on his heavy run attack, uh, you know, roots. But if nothing else, that last four or five games showed us what Russell Wilson can be if Nathaniel Hackett isn't just getting in his way. And I, I think we'll see something a bit closer to that for the duration of the season. It's still a pretty good step down from Dak, even with that being said. I honestly don't know if I'm fucking even rostering Russell Wilson if I have Dak Prescott, to be honest with you guys. Like, I know Dak isn't a, a very sexy option, but I think there's probably other options you can stream if you need a, a, a spot start. I would just, there's so many running backs and wide receivers who could go down to injury this week. I'd rather pick up a handcuff. Uh, a lot of the running backs we talked about earlier this week, Eric, uh, maybe instead of him just to kind of stash there instead of having Russell Wilson on the squad even. Um, but that's just me. Uh, Albert here. Brandon Ayuk or Jahan Dotson. So we just got confirmation. Terry McLaurin is going to be good to go in this one. No injury designation for him. However, I like Jahan Dotson no matter what here. Um, this is going to be an absolute smackdown for, for me. I, I, I think the Cardinals are outclassed. They're outmatched here. They have their starting number one corner, a fourth rounder from two years ago. Marco Wilson isn't that great of a cornerback in my opinion. And the rest of their secondary, seventh, six rounders, undrafted guys. I think Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, now that he's back in the fold, will also uh, have really good days here. So, so it's hard for me to sit Dotson, but but Mike Ayuk has just been a, a stud for the last 12 months. Me? Uh, I I was very excited to get Dotson on two of like my four mm-hmm. home leagues. And uh, I think he's definitely the start here. I think McLaurin, you can argue just as effectively that he'll he'll help Dotson's numbers as opposed to hurt them. Like he should free up Dotson for more more man on man. And uh, yeah, I just uh, I think it's Dotson all the way. I like Ayuk. There's just so many miles to feed there, and like he's he's uh, fourth. Why you know he's the fourth look. Uh, you know uh, if you think Samuel's ahead of him, and uh, I just uh, I think it's Jahan for sure. Okay. Eric, where do you go here? I know there's been a lot of Ayuk love on the podcast this offseason, mostly from Scott. So uh, are you siding with Mike and I, or are you going uh, contrarian? No, we'll uh, we'll sweep it again. I, I, I think for the record, we need to say that uh, Scott was well-founded in his Ayuk love overall, but it underscores the point that there is a distinct difference between our preseason rankings and our week one considerations, right? We are no longer projecting 17 games each yes. game is an island onto itself. And what Great I'm point. surprised that you specifically didn't mention is that Ayuk is facing a pretty stout defense in your old Stillers this week, right? So mm-hmm. obviously he, you know, he is a part of a very run heavy offense as it is. Uh, Mike mentioned that he's very likely the fourth read from a guy that doesn't seem to go through his progressions all that deep too often. So, you know, Dotson obviously would get the boost if Terry was in there, but even without that, I think that we're going to see Washington throw the ball far more often this year and specifically far more often this week. And I, I like how that projects out for Dotson. I just one final nail in the coffin for this one. It's like show of hands. Who is sure that Arizona Cardinals are actually going to be trying to win football games this year? Can you, can you really say no. that you're sure 
They're going to give it their all. Every, I mean, they, the moves they made in the last month really indicate that they would love to go two and fifteen. Oh you know? yeah. So I, I, that's just huge to me. Like I'm starting every defense I can against them until further notice. And like I just think that factors into this too. Like like you said, Ike's got a tough matchup. Dotson may literally not have an easier matchup all year. Like <laughs> this could be a, a romp. This could be, I remember it was like three or four years ago, every week you would play whatever tight end was was going up against the Arizona Cardinals. You mm-hmm. could just be playing every position that goes up against the Arizona Cardinals. I even think Sam Howe has a little bit of a QB2 appeal this week if you're in a super flex league sure. um, or if you just need a, a spot start in like a 16-team league as well. Um, I've got him in over Pickett again versus San Francisco. Like I was yes. like, Howell again, I'd rather, I you know, well. this, is, this is my guy this week. Let's go, baby. I hope the preseason hype uh, keeps flowing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And, and I, I think we kind of just answered this question here um, that we had in the chat as well, Eric. I, th- I think you had a, a good take on it. And it was Paul saying, on a regular basis, who do you start? Montgomery, Pittman, Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas as a flex. And I think that's something you have to take week by week. You have to look at the matchups. I think Montgomery, like if you said in a vacuum, who do you want on this list rest a season? Just because I've seen it already, probably Montgomery. I know the role is going to be there. Um, but I think you it's just a matchup to matchup thing here, Eric. Yeah, that's that's really the way you have to look at it. Um, I actually don't know if I would go Montgomery out of this list for the rest of the season because I do think we'll see Gibbs continue to chip away at that workload week over week, right? This is this is a tale as old as time with rookie running backs. They get more and more comfortable with uh, with the game plan, with the playbook. They get more and more inept or more and more apt at pass protection, and they see more and more workloads. So Montgomery is probably the clear choice for the first quarter of the season or so. I mean, for me, if if you roster Michael Thomas, having him having the ability to play him while he's healthy is is not something to sneeze at, right? So like, get him out there while he's healthy because that window is probably closing as we speak. Um, but you know, by and large, your your overarching point is is spot on, right? Like each one of these players has individual matchups that will you know play in their favor or play against them. So you you can't exactly make a a sweeping kind of lock button sort of decision like that. Awesome, uh, Mike. Are you kind of do you favor one of these players rest of season as well? I actually I think, and we're going to find out here pretty quick that Michael Pittman, it, it, you're grouping him with these guys. He's he's a little undervalued, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. he's those other two guys are wide receiver twos. Michael Pittman, regardless of how well uh, uh, Richardson can throw the ball, he's the wide receiver one on it, and Great they're going to need to be yeah. scoring points. Like, how is he not going to be the recipient of like eight plus targets each and every week? You know, and he's still that talented guy people loved a couple of years ago. Like he's still young, he's big, he's fast. Like, you know, even if Richardson can't hit the broadside of a barn with the ball, <laughs> I still think Pittman is going to surprise some people just with sheer volume and his his ability. But this he was going in the third round last year, Mike. Like, I, yeah. like the hype was real for Pittman not that long ago. For sure. I mean, I, I, I like I, I think Montgomery was real, real good. I agree, though, that I think Gibbs is going to chip away at that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just I'm putting in my, my two cents for Pittman here. I think he's going to surprise some people. I've okay. I've got a ton of Pittman out there. He's he's Thank he you. was one of my favorite values to attack in draft season. He finished as wide receiver 21 on average last year with best case scenario 
the husk of Matt Ryan throwing him the ball, right? So, like, yes. whatever it might be, the downside we've already seen, and he finished as a wide receiver too, and his precipitous fall in ADP was much greater than, you know, in a, a worst-case scenario of exactly. wide receiver 21, right? So, Like, I'm looking you know, for my I'm, wide receiver four, and he's still there. I'm like, okay, like, that doesn't hurt. Yeah. Like, I'll take yeah. him as my guy who I'm not even planning on starting unless something happens. Like, so I was in the same boat for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. His, his, his upsides in question, as we see what Richardson can do this year, but you know, that, that downside was already baked into his price with where he was being drafted this off season. We got DJ back in the chat saying who should his starting lineup be? Let's kind of piece it together for him. Uh, he, he has Gino and a rich Pollard, James cook, Raheem Mostert, Khalil Herbert at running back wide receivers, Diggs, Hopkins, Hollywood, Michael Thomas, and Andrews. Gino is my quarterback start of the week this this week. It's another one of those situations. The Rams are pretty much rolling out me and Eric out there in the, their secondary right now. Um, so I, I love Gino. Pollard's obviously an auto start. Uh, l- looking at the running backs there, Mike, that's kind of an interesting group. You, you talked up Herbert. Would Herbert be, be your play over Mostert, who we also like? And I like James Cook, but against that Jets defense, I just don't think I'm rolling out Cook this week. That's exactly the stumbling point. Like Cook in, against and just about any other team, it's, uh, he's well ahead, I think. And even against the Jets, I would still start Cook this week over her. Ooh, ooh. I just think he he's got he's he's does more. He catches more passes. We hope, and he's just he's on a fantastic offense. And uh, I, I would start Cook. Okay. Okay. And then Diggs and Hopkins, obviously. I think, yeah, Diggs, Hopkins, Thomas over Hollywood, just because I don't know if the Arizona Cardinals are going to, you know, try. So that's real rough for fantasy purposes. Yeah, I remember a couple months ago, I was like, oh, man, Hollywood Brown might actually kind of be a value this year. And then as the offseason progressed and they started selling off more and more pieces, we learned Josh Dobbs was the quarterback. I wanted nothing to do with him. Um, Have a couple shares of him. I'm already trying to offload Eric, are you in agreement with Mike here? Is there anything you would change? Because James Cooks would – I mean, I love having a player on Monday night, but that would scare me shitless. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with with Mike here, and I, I think I think DJ mentioned earlier that he's new, but I think he's dialed in, right? Like the order in which he listed these players is exactly how I would set this roster. I would I would go Gino over A-Rich, Pollard and Cook, Hopkins and Hollywood, obviously Mark Andrews. Um, you know, with, with, with Cook in particular – you know, I I firmly believe that they they handed him the keys to this car over the course of the offseason. They let Devin Singletary head out the door. That was a big vote of confidence in Cook's ability as a potential pass protector, his ability to pick up that incoming pressure. And over the course of the offseason and the in the preseason, I should say, he is the exclusive one that is out there running with the ones. He is doing more and more pass protection work. Really, all of the leading indicators that you look for of a player that is going to be a bell cow back are there. And yes, this defense, top to bottom for the Jets, is very, very stout. But the strength of their defense is very clearly their secondary, right? So I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Buffalo try to take advantage of, while still a very tough matchup, an incrementally lighter matchup relative to throwing into that secondary. And that that sets up nicely for Cook. Damn, you guys might have just talked me into James Cook. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) 
That was great analysis. I was totally sold on Raheem Mostert uh, against the Chargers. But either way, Mike, we greatly appreciate your time stopping in with us as you do so much throughout the NFL season. What's going on with you this weekend? What do you got going on in New York, man? Uh, Not a whole lot. You know, in my world, no one's working in my world because everyone's on strike. So there's no content being created. Uh, My wife and I, we're actually, we're going to get into the Airbnb business. So we're getting a little place up in the Hudson Valley, up by Hunter Mountain. Okay. Uh, Look for it on Airbnb and Verbo in the coming months if you want a, a great weekend out of the hassle and hustle and bustle of uh, the big city. And uh, yeah, that's going to fill my time the next really solid month or six weeks. So good luck, man. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck on the Airbnbs and the, the, the Verbo. I've always heard great things to invest in. So I'm sure you and your wife will kill it there. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Any update you can give us on on the writers and the actors strike? Like, yeah. I feel like it was prevalent news a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, and it's kind of fallen out just with everything coming back up. I honestly don't know. I know that the sticking point, I guess, is the two entities, Amazon and the other one that they're not like creating entertainment is like a sideline to their, uh-huh. you know, $300 billion business. <laughs> yeah. They're sort of sticking like the traditional old world old school studios, Warner Brothers and Sony, and they would, would in theory, make a deal like right, right about now that I think it could bring everyone, put everyone back to work. But yeah, there's some sticking points. And uh, as far as we know, for the foreseeable future, we, we, are, we are all out of work. I will say that they think that, you know, they make these deals with, with content creators, just they throw money. You have one success, and then a studio will give you like, here's here's money to create five more shows yeah. in the next. And then a lot of those deals don't work out. So one of the things this strike allows them to do is to get out of those deals, a lot of those deals. So mm-hmm. the, the, the thinking was, oh, they want to recapitalize and get, pull back a lot of money so they can make these deals with writers and actors that we that really are deserved. Like you can't, you know, yeah. it's long overdue for the streaming and the AI thing is obviously a growing problem. So fingers crossed. We're hoping that like this doesn't drag on through the holidays and like sooner or later, we're going to get a good agreement and you guys will be getting to see fun and fine TV and movies again. Whether I'm in them or not, it's DVD, (laughs) but there was someone is going to be making TV shows and movies in the, in the very near future. We hope. Mike, good luck to you out there, man. Enjoy the off time and enjoy some fucking football, my friend. Oh, I can't wait, man. I was here. Last night was so exciting. And this Sunday is going to be, I'm like, the um, the wife has to leave. I need like nine hours and you can come back and we'll get a late <laughs> dinner. Like that's my plan for Sunday. Awesome. Thanks for having me again. And uh, you guys look amazing. And uh, I'll see you soon, I hope. We'll see you soon, our friend. Thank Thanks, you, Mike, Mike Stoyanoff. Take care, my friend. Eric, now let's kick it into some high gear. Let's get some sure things, sleepers of the week dialed up. All right, sure thing, sleepers of the week, and we are joined by our guest, Will Ty, who is a titan of the fantasy sports realm, a marketing savant, and this guy has a fucking bet on the Atlanta Falcons going to the Super Bowl. Will, what's up, dude? How we doing on this first Friday as we head into football weekend number one? I'm good, bro. I don't know if you'd call me a savant after I bet on the Falcons uh, to be in the Super Bowl, but <laughs> it's good, man. How, how you guys doing? Eric, good to see you, man. 
Yeah, man, I I couldn't be better. We are we are on the eve of the full slate of the season, and look, I mean, time will tell whether or not that uh, that 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 bet is going to be a uh, a thing of legend. But if nothing else, my guy will like some action, and I'm I'm not mad at that at all. <laughs> Sure. Will does like some action. Will, is it getting any colder for you over there in Ohio? It has been hot as a mother here the last week or so over in PA. Yeah, dude, it's been warm, man. Um, we played golf uh, last Sunday, and it, we, we only got through 12 holes uh, because it was it was so hot. And, um, you know, I'm not complaining by any means, uh, but, but it has been warm. Looking forward to some cooler weather. I, yes. There's nothing like when it's like, you know, football season and it's, and it's that first like crisp morning. Yes. You know? And you're yes. like, wow, it feels good to wear a hoodie. I'm trying to manifest that right now wearing my hoodie, but, but no, it's all good. Weather's good. No complaints. Um, just, just ready for it to get a little bit colder for sure. Yeah. I love walking out of the house, you know, that first Saturday or Sunday of the football season when it's crisp, cracking a bush light, like something ignorant, mm. like 8, 8 a.m. or 9 a.m., mm. something like that to get it started. <laughs> so, Will, we appreciate you being here, man. The name of the game today is Sure Thing Sleepers of the Week. We are looking for someone to score us 10 PPR points who maybe isn't a big name. They might be at the end of benches. They might be on the waiver wire or they can be a top 15 or top 15 quarterback in your eyes as well. So I'll hand it off to you first, my friend. Where are you taking mm -hmm. us for your short thing sleeper of the week? It's Jaden Reed, guys. Um, and I hope nobody else picked him. But I don't know if you guys saw, but Adam Schefter just announced that Christian just Watson that. has been ruled out for Ooh. Sunday's game. This literally just came across. I'm breaking news here. Um, I'm breaking news about Adam Schefter breaking news. But, <laughs> but, but Jaden Reed, I mean, Romeo Dubs might not play. Uh, he could be aligned to be the wide receiver one this week. And on top of all that, I do like him as a prospect. I like him as a player. I think he's got great potential as a rookie. And the reason I'm saying pick him up right now, if you can, it's not as much because I think he's he's a sure thing to score 20 points this week. Um, yeah. But I think he's going to be locked into some to some respectable volume. Um, all that's to say, I thought Sky Moore <laughs> was going to be locked into some volume yesterday, and that turned out not to be the case. But with Jaden Reed, I, I, I like his long-term uh, situation as well. I think he's a guy that you can feel good about playing this week, and you can feel good about him uh, being stashed on your lineup as a potential league winner this year. Um, so I think, he's, I think he's a good play both for this week and in the future as well. It's going to be tough sledding if the Green Bay Packers also do not have Romeo Dobbs out there this weekend, too. Their next three wide receivers, Samari Torre, he was a seventh-round pick from last season, undrafted free agent Malik Heath, and then Devonta Wicks coming out of Virginia this year, uh, fifth-round pick. So not a lot of big names there. Jaden Reed, second-round pick out of Michigan State. I think you nailed it here, Will. And man, I got to go fix a lot of lineups after this show. I'll tell you that. I got a <laughs> lot, lot of Christian Watson out there right now. Eric, any thoughts on the Packers in general this week um, or Jaden Reed in specific? Uh, I am unlike you. I was largely fading Christian Watson over the course of the offseason. So not many lineups need to be adjusted for me. Um, also in that reporting, it seems like Dobbs is potentially, or at least reportedly, on the better side of questionable. We'll obviously see as we get closer to the game. But yeah, you know, Jaden Reed is you know, a, a fantastic prospect. I had him rated as my fifth highest wide receiver Ooh. coming into the draft process and he just needed his opportunity and it's, it's here, right? Yep. Um, you know, he, he's, he's a, he is a, a skilled tactician in terms of a route runner. I like his ability to do things after the catch and specifically his matchup. He's going to see a ton of Kyler Gordon, Tyler yes. Gordon for the bears who allowed an 82% catch rate last season. So if Reed's going to be out there running routes, 
primarily against Gordon, you know, five, six, seven targets, he can haul in the vast majority of those and has a great shot at getting past that 10 point marker that we set. And we got Rushman saying a rookie four string wide receiver. Okay. But it's a big time shot in the dark, but I also don't roster rookies. Hey man, I, I get it. Like I get it. It's always hard to to throw someone out there when you haven't seen it before. But even before these injuries, Jaden Reed was going to be the starting slot wide wide receiver for the Packers all off season, all preseason. He has lined up with the number one, so he's not a four string wide receiver. He is the starting slot wide receiver. I'm sure they're going to need him on the outside more as well this weekend. It's not great sledding over there, and I do like the prospects here uh, against the Chicago Bears as well. Eric, where do you want to take us with your sure thing sleeper of the week? Yeah, so I touched on this a little bit earlier, but I'm gonna I'm gonna head back to Miami with with Devon A chain. Uh, he is currently sitting as running back 48 on consensus overall. Um, obviously, no Jeff Wilson as he spends the first four weeks of the season on IR, and because of that, because of how heavily we saw Mike McDaniel's and his coaching staff rotate running backs last year, I think we're gonna see a pretty fair amount of Devon A chain. Probably a pretty similar split to what we saw with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs last night. But A-Chain, like Gibbs, is one of those players that has the skill set to take any of those touches the distance and at least you know rip off chunk yardage. And specifically his matchup, this, uh, <laughs> this, this Chargers defensive front is pretty terrible. Uh, according to PFF, the Miami offensive line has the fifth most favorable matchup going up against that Chargers defensive front. Ooh. And that is a defensive front that was bottom in the league 32 overall on average two full yards before a running back was contacted so you know Devin a chain you know he can he can get ahead steam going he can get into that open space if, if he's not getting touched till he's two yards past the line of scrimmage i i like his opportunity to to break a big one and if nothing else he should be involved as a pass catcher and his floor is pretty close to that 10 point mark as it is will how do you feel about the rookie coming out of texas a&m here in week one I'm a little more hesitant just because of the injury. I think if he was fully ready to go, I would be full send. But Raheem Mostert's a guy who has occasionally ate up 25 to 30 carries. It hasn't been often, but but we've seen it in this offense. We've seen it in Mike McDaniel systems before. Yeah, I, I, hesitant would be a good way to put it. Um, but Eric, you just made a very compelling argument, so I might I might be inclined to fl- uh, flip on that. I. I think the thing with A-Chain and, and, and like Reed and, and like any rookie, we don't know yet. You know, even B. John Robinson, we don't know what he's going to be in the NFL because we haven't seen it yet. And so I think the, the the prospect of volume is definitely there if he's healthy. And so that gives him a good floor. And we know what um, he, he is, at least from an athletic profile. He's a very fast player, like former track guy, I believe. Um, similarly to Raheem Moster, I think. Um, yeah. But but so we'll see. We'll see if you know, he can, he can get you that, that ceiling week that can win you the week. But I think the floor should be there if he's, if he's healthy. All right. I'm going to take us to the land of the struggles, the land, of the poor and the unfortunate right now. It's the tight end landscape. And look, like you're probably like me and you're in some trouble this weekend. No Kelsey last night. We don't know what the status for George Kittle or Mark Andrews is going to be. So I'm going to throw a dude out there who I think is going to provide some very good value this week, and it's Gerald Everett. Um, I don't think it gets better for for you if you're looking for a sub-50% rostered tight end. Had a 14% target share last year, and we know what Kellen Moore likes to do with these fucking tight ends, man. Like, Dalton Schultz is a very solid to average player. I don't think he's a better player than Gerald Everett talent-wise. 
and now he he gets him at his disposal. And when you look at what Gerald Everett usually does, he's great like over the first month of the season. Last year, over the first four weeks, averaged 12.5 PPR points, and he's going up, up against a Miami defense that was six worse against tight ends last season. So a lot of opportunity there for him, and this is a game with a high highest total left on the board. So I am interested in any part of it. Eric, you took the running back on the other side of it. I'm going to take the tight end for the Chargers here, boys. Yeah, not not mad at it at all, right? Part of part of the decision to throw the dart at a chain was just the 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 situation overall, right? This is a game script that should shoot out. There should be a ton of points on the board. So finding ways to get into this game is going to be to your advantage. And Gerald Everett on the on the week fourth highest tight end matchup according to PFF data. So. You know, definitely in a promising spot. You mentioned where Miami finished against the tight end last year. Pretty sure we're going to see that trend continue. And if nothing else, there should be enough throwing volume to support a viable tight end in week number one. I like Gerald Everett. Safe floor, presumably, and similarly to the other two guys we talked about, pretty good upside as well. He could. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he caught two touchdowns, you know, because that could be a thing if he's the end zone target. Yeah. Um, so I, I like the Everett play as well. All right. We got uh, Rush saying, good call by the guy with the nice beard. Rookies are still learning the trade. Yeah, I don't talking I, about I, me or Eric? I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know. <laughs> what beard, trash. We can I all know, say it. <laughs> I don't know what beard we're rocking with. Uh, how long have you, been, have you been rocking a beard, Will? You're not that old, are you? I'm going to be 30 in November. Okay. Um, okay. And I've, been, I've been rocking a beard pretty much ever since I graduated from Catholic high school where they wouldn't let me keep one, so. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm getting there boys. Uh, give me, give me two or three more years. We're going to have it. I'm ready. Keep shaving. Keep shaving. <laughs> well, Will, we appreciate you brother being here with us to kick off week number one of the season. How can the IBT family best support you and what the better fam has uh, going on the rest of the way? Yeah. I mean, uh, fo- follow me on Twitter at will and just shoot me a DM. We've got some exciting things going on. We're looking for some beta testers um, to, to, get some thoughts on some new things we're working on. So shoot me a DM if you're interested. Hell yeah. And we got Sam cat saying, will your beard is looking good. Hey, Sam. Is, this, is this someone, you know? Yeah. Sam, Sam's one. Uh, if, if I'm assuming correctly, uh, Sam is one of my best friends from school. He's a great guy. Love him to death. Sam, love you, buddy. Thank you for checking in. Hell yeah. Appreciate you, Sam. Thanks for uh, tuning into the podcast. Hope everyone who checked us out today subscribes, comes back, and hangs out with us again. We have a lot of good content coming for you throughout the season. We've been working like crazy, putting out articles, columns on the site. And then uh, you can catch Eric and I here every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. And we'll be back on Tuesday nights for our regular show as well at the 930 hour. So make sure you check us out and enjoy your weekend. Enjoy week one. And until next time, guys, keep it in between. <laughs>